Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode 133 of the podcast. It's going to be a really cool podcast as I have a special guest coming on later in the podcast. And Craig Wessel is from Sandusky, Ohio. He runs a podcast called A Yank on the Footy. Uh, yes, a Australian rules football fan from Sandusky, Ohio. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about how he found the game and his involvement and uh, his passion for Australian rules football. Uh, I will say this, my pies, by the way, Anthony, 4-0 and in the AFLW, the women's competition, 4-0 and to start the season. First time ever that they've been 4-0. and First time they've ever won four games in a row. Uh, they just defeated North Melbourne this past weekend. North Melbourne came into this game, never uh, never lost more than two in a row in their entire existence. Uh, they have now lost three in a row. Uh, and the Pies, never won more than three in a row, have now won four in a row. So uh, that is uh, good news on that front. Uh, up the Reds. Love my Reds. Oh, We're struggling bad. Uh, I saw that last night. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I tell you what, it has been painful. I, I tell you what, February has not been kind to me when it no. comes to uh, – the, the Premier League, they did get Your a win. Your least favorite month. Oh, I tell you, it's been rough. Uh, the injuries just keep piling up. Uh, it's just been one of those years. Uh, no excuses. You win ball games, you lose ball games. You know how I feel about that. But mm-hmm. oh, my heart's been hurting lately. I tell you, uh, my Saturday mornings have just been harsh lately, and it's just uh, you know I can't wait till a couple players get back. They did win the game in the Championship League. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's good. So that's still alive. Uh, there's a chance that, but right now, uh, rebound hopefully for the Reds and get back into the top four for you can qualify for the championship league next year. I don't know if that's going to happen in the champions league next year, but man, they've been struggling. Uh, some self-inflicted, some injury inflicted, some just, um, wrong, wrong team, wrong time type scenario and uh it hurts i tell you i'm not used to losing with that team and boy it's been it's been trying time but you know what i'm a northeast ohio fan i've been through this Mm -hmm. before uh, but it sure is nice to win let me tell you uh you and i both talked about this in the past it is much more fun to to, uh to uh support the uh, winning team back in the 90s with ysu Mm -hmm. jim trestle's run at ohio state urban miles run at ohio state uh, you know, what the Cleveland Browns did this past year, you uh, with the Peyton Manning t- uh, era with the Broncos, uh, winning's a lot more fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it, I like to, it, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, how did you become a fan of this team? How did you become a fan of this team? And they're like, oh, you're a front runner, you're a front runner. And I'm like, well, it's not my fault that my parents decided to have me in 1990 and YSU was starting a stretch of four national championships, six appearances. The Broncos were winning the AFC West every year, and they won two Super Bowls. The Indians were in the midst of the greatest stretch in franchise history, in which baseball was just incredibly fun, and it captivated the city. Yeah, it was a hell of a ride. Yeah, the 90s were winning's pretty a, good. Other than yeah, winning, winning's a lot of fun. Yeah, other than the Indians not winning two World Series in the nineties, it was it was a good run. I mean, you know, obviously there there's ups and downs in every decade. You know, losing the Browns was a huge thing. Uh, looking back, but uh, no reason to dwell on that. I mean, we we're in 2021 now, and there's a whole generation never knew the Browns moved and only knew the Browns as a loser. And this past year, uh, advanced uh, to the second round of the NFL playoffs. Really had an opportunity to defeat Kansas City in that game, and who knows what the future holds. Uh, a lot of talk. Uh, speaking of uh, interesting thought process here, mm-hmm. uh, right now you hear all the uh, betting odds are on J.J. Watts coming to the Cleveland Browns. Your thoughts? Well, I'm not surprised because J.J. Watt at this stage in his career, he wants to be on a team that has a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's his main goal. Watt right now he just wants to win again. I, he hasn't won in five, six years, and yeah. winning down there was getting to the wild card game and maybe getting to the division rounds. So it wasn't so at this stage in his career, 
he just wants to win. I know his brothers are in Pittsburgh, and I know it's all the family reunion and all this. But A, the Steelers are so far over the cap. B, how many times have I mentioned this on this podcast? The Steelers have a huge in getting old faster than anybody in the league and staying old. And C, the Steelers don't really need a pass rusher. They need a lot of help in the secondary and probably revamp that whole offense. Uh, so I just don't see where he fits on that team. The Packers obviously make a lot of sense. I know a lot, of, but the Chiefs too, you know, they need a pass rusher, Officer Frank Clark. And maybe he just says, screw it. I'm going to go to Tampa and, <laughs> you know, just join forces with that incredible pass rush and that defense and make Tom Brady's job easier than it already is. I think Watt to Cleveland is very intriguing because I think more than anything, Watt likes to make a big impact on communities. He's more than just a star football player. What is shaping himself? I don't want to say LeBron-esque because nobody's ever done that before. But what is shaping himself up for after football and his philanthropic work and how he can help communities? And you put J.J. Watt in Cleveland with the kind of person he is and the kind of player he is, the city's going to fall in love with him. It's intriguing because Watt has a chip on his shoulder. Cleveland has always had a chip on their shoulder, especially after this past year. And you team him up with Miles Garrett. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, that, that's the selling point to me is not just because the Browns are like $30 million under the cap mm-hmm. and can afford to pay him well is your selling point to him to me is you'll never be double teamed again. No, no. And, 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 you know, that to me is, is a huge selling point. Here's, uh, and here's a guy who's been double teamed his entire career. And look, I don't know what's going to happen. The Packers are, the are right going now. home. Yeah. And yeah. they're shredding contracts to possibly make a, make a run at them. And I'm sure there is an appeal there. And, but that's a very good team. So I can understand that too. If you're JJ Watt, look, the alert to play at home, the lure of coming home, we saw with Doug Phillips, we saw with Urban Meyer, we saw with Jim Trust, we saw with players and coaches. It's really cool and intriguing to go home. And for him to have a chance to win a Super Bowl at home in his home state, that's great. But I kind of get the feeling J.J. Watt might want to do the, I helped Cleveland win a Super Bowl. I helped a struggling franchise, a struggling city win a Super Bowl. Uh, that to me could hold a lot of incentive. You know, that's the uh, uh, the Reggie White thought process. The Reggie White, yes. he left Philadelphia to go to Green Bay. You know, everyone said Green Bay, and he says, "I'm going to there to win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. because this is the this is the next hot spot. This is the team I need to be with." Uh, and he wasn't wrong. And of course, Reggie White was one of the greatest players that ever played the game mm-hmm. uh, of football. And I'm just saying that it's intriguing. I, I like the idea. I've always liked the idea of, of, of that potential of J.J. Watt joining the Browns. Uh, I think him opposite of Garrett really changes uh, the way a offense can play against you. Uh, you add another defensive tackle uh, to the depths of that team uh, through free agency or the draft. It becomes really intriguing going forward. I can't, you know, who knows? That's, you know, that's a personal decision. We can all say, oh, it should be this, should be that. In the end, it's J.J. Watt's decision, and we'll find out sooner than later. It'll probably happen, in, uh, more, I, I assume, before the draft and probably within the next week or two at the very latest um, because you know, teams right now are crunched for time and doing evaluations, and uh, there is no combine this year. So only uh, what – You'll see it in pro days at universities. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I, I think it, it's an intriguing thing, and I hope it happens as a Browns fan. I think he would be a welcome addition. And 
they're in position to make a really quality offer to make, get this done. How it's done, I that's not up to me. It's up to the 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 nerd with who who crunches the uh, salary cap and and gets all that uh, situated going forward, and that's fine. And I'm good with that. And hopefully, uh, you know, Barry and everyone involved in the Browns will make good decisions either way and put themselves in the best position to get best players available uh, this uh, off season. And, but it is intriguing once he became available, how the market has uh, the betting market at least has uh, put the Browns at, at the number one spot and doesn't mean anything. It just, it's intriguing. Yeah. It's, um, I think he lands in green Bay. Um, because to me, you know, the Browns need more help in the secondary. Uh, but it would not surprise me if the Browns land him and Richard Sherman. I think Richard Sherman landing in Cleveland uh, probably is more likelier to happen than J.J. Watt. Uh, I think the Browns need another defensive back. Sherman's very familiar with the zone scheme. That's basically all he can play right now at this stage in his career. Um He's fond of Joe Woods, so. It's a possibility. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say no, because I agree with you at his stage in his career, you have to really balance uh, what you're willing to pay a person like that and but man, his you value can... to his team. But, yeah, look, I, I, there's no question in my mind the Browns are going to upgrade uh, during this free agent period. Uh, they'll probably find themselves, you know, someone up front uh, or linebacker, defensive back, and they'll be drafting that way, too. Uh, up the middle and we'll see exactly what, I mean, they got Delbrick coming back from an injury. Uh, we have other scenarios that we have to wait and see, but I think Andrew Barry and his team is putting themselves in the right position to make good quality decisions and offers and hopefully are able to get it done. Really what it comes down to, in my opinion is does JJ Watt have enough belief in Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. as a quarterback going forward or does he have more belief in a proven quarterback, an aging quarterback, yeah. but still an MVP quarterback in Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Rogers. Yeah. And I really think it comes down to those things because, let's face it, uh, the defense can play great, but the offense has to score points and make plays. Aaron Rodgers is a proven talent. Now, grant you, uh, when they've gotten to the championship game the last few times, they've, they've faltered Do you? Uh, in the NFC or in the playoffs. So yeah, that really comes down to my mind is, does, does he believe in the future of Baker Mayfield or the presence of Aaron Rodgers? Let me ask you this, because the more I think about it um, and the more we talk about it, Aaron Rodgers is a heck of a quarterback. He's, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame when his career is all said and done. Do you get the feel that Aaron Rodgers is John Elway-esque, where he can get his team to the conference championship game Elway could get them the Super Bowl, but he couldn't get over the hump enough. And Elway, when he finally got a running game in Terrell Davis, was able to get over the hump. Rodgers can get you the NFC title game. He can't win it for you. Yeah. I think Elway, maybe being biased, is a better player than Aaron Rodgers. But I think the two's careers kind of mirror each other in a sense that they can get there. Most often than not, they're not going to win it. It's an interesting comparison. It really, truly is. Uh, this past year, I just thought Green Bay played a really bad game, a bad. Yeah. Put them didn't put their best foot forward in that game. I thought Tampa played good and took advantage of them, and and really was ready for that. Where they they became more ready for what was happening, and, and took advantage of time. While it seems like Green Bay just had a bad game plan. I still think if that game was played over and over again, Green Bay would win it probably seven out of 10 times. But that given day and that given the way they played, the the better team won and the better team won the Super Bowl. I'm not here to take that away from Tampa. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in my opinion, Green Bay should have been in that Super Bowl. It wasn't the play of Aaron Rodgers as much as no. I thought it was the game plan overall. I thought the defense had a bad game plan. 
And but the offense, I thought, was a horrible game plan. I thought the the play calling uh, for Green Bay was just unlike Green Bay has done all season long, and in the process, put them behind the eight ball. And you can't do that against an ace quarterback like Tom Brady, who mm-hmm. has weapons and has been there and can take advantage of of the scenario. That's just like Peyton Manning when he was with Denver at the end of his career, and those two had those epic battles. In the, mm-hmm. in the AFC championship games, you want your best player making good decisions. Even if they make a bad play, they can overcome it. And mm-hmm. that's what Peyton Manning did at the end of his career when he won his last Super Bowl. The two previous years with Denver, he was, you know, amazing. Uh, I mean, the numbers that he put up. The last season, he really showed just the grit of the quarterback that he was and what was he could get metal. done. Yeah, it really was. And he was able to overcome even his own mistakes, put his team in position to win. There's a lot of factors that goes into a game. But, you know, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl for a reason. That's a very good team. And they went on the road and won all those games. You don't take that away from them. You got to be No, similar to what the Broncos did in uh, uh, 97. On the road to Kansas City, on the road to Pittsburgh, um, two teams they were supposed to lose to. And they – Obviously, the whole pandemic year with the limitations in the crowd hurt the Packers' home field advantage. But still, they had to go on the road in what? It was like sub-zero temperatures. It was eh, not very conducive weather. And, you know, the Buccaneers show are the best team in football. But, yeah, I, I don't want to say it's all on Rodgers. Elwin Rodgers' careers. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. Um, the more you break it down and think about it. I, I, but, uh, I can't disagree with that. I, I, I think it's a fair comparison. Speaking of uh, playoffs and tournaments and going on the road, that is something our Penguins fortunately won't have to do as the men's and women's teams, both Tim, will have home tournament games this year again. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, You know, Jared Calhoun just signed a new five-year contract extension. So uh, congratulations to him. And, you know, Coach Barnes has always done a great job with the women's program. Hopefully that will continue. Let's hope that they both can make a run in the uh, tournament and uh, really add some atmosphere to uh, to the Mahoning Valley here this uh, late winter. And I really look forward to that. Uh, Hopefully, like I said, the men's program can stay healthy enough to compete. Got to find a way to win close games. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and they just had so many nagging injuries this year. Uh, with players missing. Uh, Nasba Hammond's really fantastic when he's been there. Uh, same with, He's playing uh, first team All-American. Yeah, and, and and Quiz, you know, I mean, we just, we need, we need healthy players. And yeah. They're all capable of doing it. We'll take it one step at a time. Let's hope that there's a run in both those two programs going forward. And of course, uh, it's exciting to have football back in the, in the, in the springtime, yeah. and of course, the Penguins fell today, 25-7. And just to remind everybody, check out our podcast on that. Uh, that was released, too. And that is the Ice Castle Report with Anthony and I. Obviously, I think the matchups favor the men's team. I think they're a better team than UIC. They should have swept them in the regular season. Lost one on an absolute gut-wrencher. A kid from UIC made a hell of a play at the buzzer. Uh, so the Penguins won one like that. They lost one like that. The ball bounces uh, both ways even out. If they win that, chances are they go to Oakland, which I think the Penguins, even though they got beat by the Golden Grizzlies, they didn't have DQ. Right. I think the Penguins are a much better team. And Quisenberry starting to play better. Uh, 23, 24 points on Friday night. Uh, got going again the second half yesterday. So I think the Penguins are a better team than Oakland. Fully healthy. You take care of business Thursday night. See what happens against Oakland, maybe. And just like that, you're heading to Indy on ESPN, and all bets are off in a uh, a single elimination tournament. You know, we've talked about it before. Give me an opportunity in the tournament, and I'll take it and have that home game advantage. Let's let's make it work this year. Let's, and the girls team too. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't want to overshadow the girls. Uh, girls on Friday night, like the men, blew a double-digit lead. Had a tough game. Came back yesterday. Nice way to respond. You just get the feeling if this team 
can finally stay healthy. No COVID, no injuries. I mean, they've been dealt just devastating blows injury-wise and COVID-wise over the last couple of years. Uh, you get the feeling that John Barnes teams can make a nice run. And who knows? Maybe both teams uh, could be headed to Indy uh, for a chance to play for a championship. They have a chance. They have a good chance. Uh, both teams are playing well. And the Penguins could have some special things coming on the hardwood, hopefully. And speaking of basketball, the Red Hurricane, uh, regular season's just about over. Uh, matter of fact, it ends, I believe, this uh, Monday or Tuesday. And then they uh, move on to the WPIL championships. Uh, this year, because of COVID, there'll be home games. Uh, they did win Section 2. Congratulations to the Red Hurricane for coming away in the 5A section champions mm -hmm. uh, in Section 2. So they're going to have a great opportunity to make their own run. And uh, this year, the PIA championships will only take the winners from each region. So the WPIL champion will move on. Everybody else, their season will end when their season ends this year. So a lot looking forward for the Red Hurricane. Uh, you can catch them right here on Facebook. Or I should say, you can catch them on Facebook on the Red Hurricane media page and on WKST uh, 1200 as uh, James and I will bring the, you those games and uh, check them out. Uh, a really talented team, a really good team. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they have a, uh, another magical run here in year four of my, my coverage of the Red Hurricane. First two years, they won the WPIL. And uh, last year, I believe they got to the semifinals before they lost. So uh, hopefully this year, uh, they bounce back and uh, put another banner up in uh, the field house. And that would be really cool to watch. And uh, it is a... Uh, Really exciting thing this past week, watching them cut down the nets when they uh, won the uh, 5A championships. They're the smallest team in the 5A uh, in that section. So uh, they're one of the, well, actually one of the smallest teams in 5A, period. Mm -hmm. So it is a uh, it's, it's an exciting time uh, for basketball. No, no question about it. And uh, my congratulations to uh, Ralph Blundo, his coaching staff, his players, uh, for pulling off another uh, championship this year and uh, continued success as uh, hopefully they, they'll be able to win a, a Whipple championship uh, along with it for a third out of four, four years that I've been covering. Yeah, it always seems, Tim, uh, especially lately, that come late February and into March, uh, there are three things certain. It's going to be crappy weather, tax season, and Red Hurricanes winning. So, Exactly. Uh, hopefully they can uh, win their third uh, Whippeo championship in four years and uh, listen to some of their games on Friday night when I have a chance. Uh, they're good. They can score the ball. They play really good defense, but they can also win grinded out games, which you're going to have to do in March in a tournament play. There's no question about it. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, next uh, couple weeks and, and see what what transpires with the uh, Red Hurricane. But I want to send them out my uh, congratulations. Wow, the only thing left to talk about is uh, the baseball season is here. Training Finally. camp is open. Finally. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, you know, it's going to be just excited that baseball is around the corner. Uh, they get the – I think the first exhibition game is in about Sundays. Is it this Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. We're almost yeah, there at the end of the month. We're Thank almost God. done with this damn Thank month. God. Thank God. This <laughs> month has sucked. I tell you what, uh, it's been weird. Let's uh, let's hope uh, Shane Bieber is fully recovered from COVID. Uh, he dealt with a bout of that. Yes. Um, hopefully he doesn't have any long-lasting symptoms. And hopefully everybody can stay healthy, finally. Uh, let's just hope. I'm sure you heard uh, – Frank Cohn underwent surgery for staph infection in his toe. Let's hope he can start catching some breaks on the injury front, stay out of the Cleveland Clinic, stay out of the Phoenix area doctor's offices. Someone put that man in bubble wrap. Um, hopefully he is on his way to being able to manage a full season. The blessing in disguise, if for some reason Tito can't go, 
we have Sandy right down the end of the dugout who has shown he can do a phenomenal job. We're blessed to have him because uh, Tito's health is um, taking a toll. It just really was a gut punch when I heard that he was battling staff infection. Because that's not fun. That's it. That's ugly. Yeah, yeah. That's and actually it, I I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm sad for him. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, like you said, they they get this taken care of. And uh, he's in the best hands in the world, though, the Cleveland Clinic. So yeah. Well, good things will happen. You know, you know, you just gotta take it one step at a time. He's uh, in Arizona in the end uh, with the with the club. Uh, hopefully, like you said, after he gets out of the hospital, get back to Arizona where he belongs and. Uh, I think we'll be okay. You just, you can't, you can't mess around with staff. You got to make sure you get it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully they will. And I have a, you know, I have faith in the Cleveland clinic. I have faith in the Cleveland Indians organization doing the right things for the most part when it comes to health and we'll see what happens going forward. And it's baseball season. We'll take it one game at a time, one opportunity at a time. And it should be a lot of fun. I'm just be glad to have it back. Like I said, this is going to be a spring like we've never seen before. That's right. And uh, a lot going on. And not only just in a football or baseball and basketball, but we got, you know, we got the Premier League uh, EPL over in, in England. We have the AFLW going on in Australia with the AFLWM uh, just about to get underway here in March. I mean, it is jam-packed with sports. I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, stay tuned as we're going to, right now, I'm going to bring in Craig Russell from a Yank on the Footy podcast as we talk a little footy, uh, him and I, and we'll be right back uh, to close this one out here with Anthony and I. Now time to bring in Craig Russell from a Yank on the Footy podcast. And yes, everyone, I'm back into my footy uh, time of the year and reaching out to different people across our great nation who uh, happen to follow uh, footy. Uh, found uh, Craig on Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure who followed who first, but doesn't really matter. And uh, he has a podcast, The Yank on the Footy. And uh, we're just going to find out about what attracted him to uh, the great game of Australian rules football. So, Craig, welcome to uh, Radio MVP. Thanks so very much, Tim. It, 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 first off, I want to say I, I love the title of your podcast. I mean, you have you've encapsulated everything sports related. So you've got so many different directions that you can go in with this. So it's a that was a great move on your part. <laughs> and it works on so many different ways for my own interest. Obviously, I'm from the Mahoning Valley, the Mahoning Valley podcast. Uh, yeah, obviously, you can call it. MVP. Oh, that's oh. yeah. There's so many ways that I could sense. go with it. Kind of a, something that fell in my lap. And I said, I liked it. And quite honestly, I had the, the domain for oh, maybe four or five years before I actually did anything with it. Obviously, I turned it into a podcast with the help of a friend of mine who uh, I used to talk sports with. Uh, matter of fact, you'll listen to the episode. Anthony, uh, he used to work at a, a get-go gas station, my lottery numbers, and he would say something to me, and we ended up talking sports. And flippantly, one day I said, you should, you're so passionate about it, you should might as well do a podcast. At the time, I was just doing uh, high school sports, and mm-hmm. I looked at him, Max. I says, "You know what, Anthony? I'll tell you what." I said, "If you really want to do it," I says, "I have the domain. I haven't done anything in a forever doing this. You want to do the podcast? I'll do it with you. We'll, well, I'll set it all up." And that's how it happened. That was uh, over three years ago. And matter Fantastic. of fact, we're just entering into our fourth season, if you call it seasons or years, of uh, of podcasting uh, in March. Terrific! It, it's been Terrific. A, a, a unique scenario. So obviously I brought you in to talk footy with me. So let's talk about how did you discover the game? How did the podcast come about? Going on about five years ago, I, uh, as I talked, was talking to you about off air, you know, I work as a public address announcer for high school sports and I would come home from football games on Friday nights and there would be an AFL game, which I didn't necessarily know that what that's what it was at the time uh, on FS1 or FS2, something like that. And I started getting interested in it because it was it was something different. It was unique. I'm not a big college basketball fan. I don't watch a lot of college football other than Ohio State and the Naval Academy. And I was just I was looking for something that uh, different and interesting. And just the the action in the game was just frenetic. It just kept going. And uh, you know I I started watching you know week after week after week and just really got into it. And over the course of like that first year year and a half, I 
tried to figure out, you know, okay, this is something I'm really interested in. And I you know, wanted to uh, figure out, well, okay, now who do I want to support? You know, so it took me another six months or so before I figured out who I was going to support. My best advice is, you know, episode one of my podcast, I dig into this very deeply. So by all means, check it out. I ended up uh, narrowing, it, narrowing it down to three clubs. I narrowed it down to, to Collingwood, Brisbane, and Geelong. And, you know, part of my, Collingwood, part of it was the school where I teach school colors are black and white. Mm-hmm. Magpie, Magpie was my daughter's nickname as she was growing up. We always called her Magpie. I thought about that, but you know, in the back of my mind, I was also thinking half the league is in the city of Melbourne. And I was kind of looking you know, I, I, I think you're a Browns fan. You, yes. You're in Mahoning Valley. You might be yes. a Steelers fan. Nope. It gets kind of a borderline there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I uh, understand. You know, Browns, Indians, kind of, you know, small town sports, that sort of thing. So I was kind of looking for something that was kind of like a small town team. So that's why I narrowed it down to Brisbane and to Geelong. And I started making spreadsheets and looking at stats and figuring out what the percentage actually meant, that sort of thing. And did like, look, went through like 20 years worth of uh, data and settled on, not settled on, chose to become a cat supporter. I've reached out and I've, you know, engaged with and met with and spoken with hundreds, if not thousands of cat supporters online. I, I love this game and it has, it's taken over so much of my free time in terms of sports. Yeah, as I mentioned to you off air, I said, I hardly watch the Indians anymore. Uh, that could be on you, Paul Dolan, but that, you know, I'll just go ahead and leave that there. Uh, yeah, I watched, uh, you know, what, four women's games already this weekend. I watched mm-hmm. all four of them. I watched, uh, went to bed about one thirty last night and got up at eight and watched the two overnight games this morning, stayed off Twitter because I didn't know, didn't know who won, won or lost. And when 2019, my podcast has been around since December of last of 2019, Back in about September or so, I, I got thinking to myself, you know what, I, I really want to start engaging with, uh, with some, some people about this game. You know, I'd, I'd been in contact with people who were involved in the USAFL as well, and there's some wonderful people involved in that organization. And I thought, you know, I want to, to start figuring out how I can actually engage with these people besides just on Facebook or on Twitter and such. And I, I began digging into the whole idea of doing a podcast, kind of settled on doing it in, in October. The first episode came out at the end of uh, December. I mean, I, I, I began engaging with people on online about the whole idea of, you know, an American, a Yank doing a footy podcast. And, and the reception was amazing. I mean, I had dozens and dozens of people who said, great idea. I'd love to help out. Can we be on, you know, can we be on the podcast, that type of thing? And, you know, it was a little overwhelming at first. It's become something that it's kind of my hobby right now. At times it can be stressful but in a good way, so many different ideas that I have mapped out in terms of what I want to do. And I, and I've mentioned to folks, it's kind of like the old, uh, the, the line that I use with my students at school, when I give them a big assignment, I said, well, how do you eat an elephant? Now always look at me like, well, we're vegan. No, uh, <laughs> I probably get that answer yeah, a lot nowadays, but, but, you know, <laughs> and, and I finally get around to telling him, you know, one bite at a time, you know, you eat that, you eat the big project one bite at a time. So I have, I have all these different irons in the fire, all these different things that I'm trying to get done focus on one of them and say, okay, I'm going to get to these, you know, so, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, talking about the AFLW and such, and I'm working on my, my preview stuff for the AFL season coming up and how I'm going to do that. And I, you know, I don't know how many of the AFL podcasts you listen to. Uh, there's some great ones out there. There are, and uh, I've limited it down to about two now. Okay. Just because of time constraints and uh, entertainment value and information. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you enjoy not necessarily the most accurate information, but true enjoyment of the game. I highly recommend How's Goods Footy. Oh uh, yeah, I listen to uh, I listen to them all the time. <laughs> red Red Logo. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, yes, like they uh, say, the most biased podcast in sports, and it truly well, is, and it's fun, and uh, the information not always accurate, but that's well, okay. I, I don't I, expect I, it to be. I do think that they worked out a really good deal though with their with their sponsors though they. They figured out a way to get paid by the f bomb <laughs> <laughs> on that one. So I I think those guys are going to be retiring early. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, uh, they're unique. I've been listening to yeah. them about three, maybe three plus years, and it's yeah. uh, uh, really fantastic. The other one I recommend highly is uh, then if you've listened to How's Good Footy, you know her, uh, Gemma Bastiani's play on uh, radio. Okay, her, that one I've not, preview I've not heard. and review. 
I don't no, think no, she you know what? I saw her on one of your podcasts recently. Yeah. That's where I saw the name. Yes. Yes. Gemma yeah. has been on my podcast uh, multiple times and uh, a terrific uh, young woman who does phenomenal information is my go-to. I, uh, yeah. I, I just email her a couple times a year, three times a year and and whatever she always makes time for uh, to come on the podcast and she does a great job of the preview and a review of each week including the, the the women's competition and that's really her passion so if you ever just check it out siren sports too uh that's my third rep- uh recommendation that's more of a, a podcast and siren sports is more women's sports in okay. australia okay so it covers more than just footy Right, uh, it'll right. cover cricket. It'll cover the other activities like netball and other thing else that may be going on in the world of sports quite on, throughout the world, but primarily in Australia. And yeah, a lot of great information there. Uh, Gemma writes a, a review each week, a preview and a review there. And okay. then she does a podcast okay. uh, for those yeah. two. And I highly recommend them both. Uh, fantastic. Uh, not a surprise. Anybody listens to our our podcast on a regular basis knows uh, who Gemma is and uh, right. my respect for her and what she does. And I, yeah. and I truly recommend it. Matter of fact, yep. reach out to her yourself. You'll okay. be amazed with her information. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's there's fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I listen to a bunch of them. Uh, yeah. I, and I listen mostly to, I don't watch a lot of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've actually, I've found myself gravitating towards uh, Acorn TV a lot lately, which right. has a lot of British, New Zealand, Australian television. So I've been, I've been watching a lot of Australian television, kind of even taking the dive there as well. But yeah, there's a couple that I, I really enjoy. Uh, one that's it's more it's along the line like the how's how good's footy is the the junk time AFL podcast. I don't know if you've okay. heard that one before. I have it's listened a, to it. It's been a while. A couple comedians. It's uh, you know I've had yes. them on the show. Um, and there's there's another one called uh, Kick to Kick podcast, which is basically they started back at the yes, beginning I've of listened footy. To them. Yes. And are yeah, doing the like a the year. Game. Yeah. Yes, it's it's fascinating. It really is. Stuff. They they go year by yeah. year and give you an entire history of yeah. the game. And they're in 1955 right now. It's either you or I got a shout out one day from them because uh, they were shot. This is God, maybe six months ago or maybe longer. Okay. Uh, that basically said, "Hey, I want to thank the person from Ohio for downloading." Yeah. Well, well, I, they've, <laughs> I've I've had them I've had them on my podcast as well too. Okay. So I've, oh, they're yeah, fantastic. I, I, I have not reached out to them, and I. I probably will at one point. I just haven't had the opportunity. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, I've been uh, following footy, caught originally over 40 years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. When ESPN first showed it back when ESPN was kind of in its infancy. And then obviously over the years, as ESPN grew, the international sports faded away. You didn't see it. Now, I always remembered the game, and every once in a while, every five, ten years, that would pop up with a grand final or a scenario where it was being shown somewhere. Uh, but I was never hundred you know, percent into it as much as I was when I was a young teenager. And then about five years ago, streaming an Indians game and using the Fox sports app. And on top of it, it had 11 PM or tw- uh, midnight uh, AFL. And I'm like, AFL, it's AFL, you know? And yeah. I clicked yeah, cause on when it. You were, when you were watching it before it was still VFL. Yeah. Correct. And uh, it was uh, a game with Carlton and when Carlton was terrible uh, a few years back and so they got smashed. And uh, that's when I started watching it again. And it seemed like each week they would have one streamed on the, on the app. And it was always right, right. Carlton, which always irritated me because they were terrible. And well, you know, if, if I was a Richmond supporter, now, now is when I would chime in and make a Carlton joke. But since I'm not, I won't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So anyways, long story short, I ended up getting the app not far after that and then just searching the internet for information, finding podcasts, uh, really meeting people like you have uh, about the game. And I did not have a a favorite team uh, when I first got back into it. Obviously, none of us usually takes a while. And at the same time, I found Mason Cox being the American Mm -hmm. shocked the hell out of me. I ended up uh, worried about choosing Collingwood simply because I was afraid uh, being a Northeast Ohio guy that I, I can never root for quote unquote, the Yankees of another sport. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I ended up talking to Gemma and I, I explained my concerns and she goes, well, you can need a team and this and that. And I, I was like, yeah, 
So you like Mason Cox. There's a reason there's a connection there. It's true. So I ended up uh, following Collingwood. Uh, okay. And that is how I became a Magpie fan. And wow. uh, then I got all the baggage that came with it. So it and, is. And, there, and there's been there's been just a little bit of baggage over the last few yeah. weeks. <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, seriously speaking, on, on a serious subject of uh, systemic uh, racism that they've been charged with and gone through uh, with the do better. Exactly. Uh, report. It took a while for McGuire to sit down uh, and get out of there. But in the end, it did happen. It had to yeah. happen. Ethics are, are a hard thing to to change when you're when it's embedded in it for 30 years into an organization. And hopefully long term that this is a, a step forward for that organization. I don't know how, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but I do <coughs> believe long term that they have the opportunity uh, to change their narrative. And that to me is all I can ask for. Absolutely. As someone who's not been a longtime supporter, uh, who's only been a supporter for you know the last four or five seasons, who uh, enjoys the game of uh, this is an opportunity to change their narrative going forward. You can't forget the past. You have to you have to accept it for what it was and what where they're at. And I'm hopeful that those in charge are going to uh, get you know their ship straight now. This is not uncommon from what I've been hearing from about the AFL. The AFL has had some ethical problems over the years. This is something, you know, obviously this may be the team who's been the most stubborn about it. But, I mean, you go back, you know, in America, we've had this problem throughout sports, uh, especially in baseball and and other sports over the years. So it takes time. But you can't change your narrative. If the Boston Red Sox can change their narrative, so could – uh, other sports and that's the right. way I look at it well and, and I think you as a uh, as a, a supporter for just the last few years I think you probably come into the, watching the games with the same mindset that you're you're a supporter of your club and I'm, I'm and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here but I I'm guessing you're probably somebody that does not have a deep-seated hatred for any of the clubs because you know, you're coming into it so right. late. It's not, it's yeah. not in your DNA, you know, I, you know, being a cat supporter, you know, I've, I've been told time and time again, I'm supposed to not like Hawthorne. Okay. I've right. been told that I have a sticker on the back of my car that says, you know, I, I, I support two teams, you know, Geelong and whoever's playing Hawthorne, but I don't really, I, I like watching good footy. I want to see the cats right. go 20. Right. I want to see the cats go 22 and oh, and then the rest of the games, I want to watch fantastic games. I don't give a damn who wins. Right. No. And then that's basically it. I mean, I do have two other teams that I, I root for in a sense that I want to see do well, Kilda, and the other is uh, Sydney. Uh, I just, yeah. I'm a big um, Buddy Franklin fan. I think he's an amazing athlete and an amazing player. Uh, hopefully, this coming season, he will be healthy. The last two years, he hasn't been. Right, right. Um, he's dominating. And yeah. it is, and what he's meant to, to Sydney, the Swans, is, uh, irreplaceable really uh he was the reason why they went on such a major run uh five years ago and and so forth so uh yeah i have a couple other teams that i i just kind of have a uh an inkling to to root for uh my obviously hang on a second you're not you're not allowed to root you're allowed to support there's a completely different meaning for the word root come on you're right you're right you're right (laughs) you're right uh yeah, i learned that one the hard way yeah yeah no I, you're not i got called out on it yeah exactly you're, you're yeah. a supporter it's funny you mentioned you know the other clubs because and i didn't mention this with regards to the, the cats when i became a, a a fan of that club the player that that kind of pushed me over the edge and again i'm coming into it i don't know at that point in time i don't know that tom hawkins is tom hawkins or that joel selwood is joel selwood or patty dangerfield you know is is a brown low winner that sort of thing the player that pushed me over the edge to become a cat supporter, well, he's not there now, is Nakaya Cockatoo. Mm-hmm. And he he reminded me so much of watching, you know, somebody like uh, Ed Reed, the safety from the Ravens, who just was like a, a bull in a china shop, you know, you know, fast, strong as hell, not afraid to, you know, clean your clock and could, it could do pretty much everything on the field. Now, of course, the last few years, he's not been able to stay healthy. He finally got healthy last year, was going to finally get a game towards the end of the season. He broke his wrist and he's with Brisbane now. Uh, sounds like things are going really well. After, I've kind of always had a soft place for Brisbane because it was the other finalist that I was considering. So I'm hoping he has a fantastic year up there. 
you know, the, the idea of, of him being healthy, playing alongside Charlie Cameron ought to scare a lot of people, especially with a healthy Joe Danaher down there as well. I mean, Brisbane could be pretty frightening this year. Yeah. Well, that's the fun part of a, a new season, new opportunities yes. Yeah. and new, um, I support many players <laughs> and, and that's, that's part of the media part of me. Cause as you get away from uh, supporting teams in the media, like I have over the years, uh, I'm still a Browns fan. I'm still an Indian fan and Cavs fan, but I end up, you end up rooting for, for players. You ended up like uh, having uh, certain connections to a player that you want to see do well or bounce back. And, and, you know, you're looking for the story more than anything else. You want a good story. And that's never, that, that part of me has never changed. I'm always looking for yeah. you know, the interesting story. That's just like uh, Mason Cox, you know, for Collingwood uh, last right, year right. had a, a down season. Uh, matter of fact, missed about half the season where they yeah. didn't even play him, didn't even list him on the side. And then the last four or five games came back and played well. And is uh, uh, supposedly this year having a good uh, training session coming up. So hopefully he's uh, back on track. There are certainly openings for some veteran players in their in their 22 this year. Yeah. After, you know, having the, the purge that went on due to the salary cap stuff. Yeah, and that needed to happen. Uh, just like any team, you can, in a salary cap scenario, you can get so far before you get into salary cap hell, and sooner or later you have to pay that bill. And, right, uh, right. and uh, it happens in all sports. You know, as a Northeast Ohio and a Browns fan, I'm enjoying watching the Steelers go through that right now. Uh-huh. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, that's well, one part of the cap that I don't really pay attention to stuff like that because you have no effect over it. As a, the decisions will be made and you're going to have to like it or hate it. And that's, that's fine. You can, you know, voice your opinion either way. But when it comes to how a salary cap is managed, no fan has any input to that. So uh, you can voice your displeasure or pleasure or uh, concerns all you want. In my eyes, it doesn't affect you uh, and the team that you're rooting for as much as it is a storyline that's being talked about right now. And I've never cared about what player makes what money because that's up to the each team and each organization and each league to figure out how that's done. If it's the NBA, you know exactly what's going on. And in Major League Baseball, you know the Indians are not going to compete with the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets, you know, for dollars. It's just the way it works. That's the system that it is. Uh, The NBA is more flat, but you also know the players want to be in big market. So you know that you're not going to have a player for 10 years in a small market. It just doesn't happen. Uh, These are just the facts of life in, in professional sports today. Let's talk a little AFLW, if you don't mind. Uh, oh, no problem. What, what is, uh, obviously, here's my thought. No one's going to beat Ferro. They're just too damn good. They're going to continue their win streak. Yeah. Uh, that That is an, an amazing uh, team. Uh, I think Collingwood has a chance to maybe surprise them. I doubt it, to be quite honest with you. And uh, there's a few other uh, you know teams out there doing well. I thought Carlton has been a disappointment. Uh, so far this year, I thought we'd see a little bit more out of the Blues than that. Uh, last, uh, of course, uh, last night's game uh, with uh, the Magpies and North Melbourne. Uh, here's an interesting kind, stat for it you. It was kind of ugly. Yeah, here's a stat before the game for you. Going into that game, North Melbourne was never lost more than two in a row. Yep. And Colin was never won four in a row. Right. Well, that changed last night. Yep. Yes, it did. Yeah. I was, I was amazed, you know, I, I kind of dozed off during the third quarter of that game when I was watching it this morning, but uh, it was, it was a slugfest. I mean, you know, you know, it was a little, you know, after watching that and then the, uh, the Frio game before that with the mm-hmm. Suns, where it just was, yeah, that was just, they just wiped out the Suns. Yeah, I mean, well, they just, yeah. it's, you, you're right. I, and, and I talked about that in my last episode, you know, that, and it was a, uh, an article that I read from, oh, I wrote his name down here. Um, in another article, I, p- I posted it in my, uh, his last name is Papanopoulos, I believe is his name, but I linked mm-hmm. it in my episode, but he, he was arguing that, you know, Frio is doing things so differently that, that their, their ball movement average was, uh, two, two and a half kicks per handball mm-hmm. was their average. And the, and the, the other clubs were at, you know, were averaging about one and a quarter or close to, you know, the lowest Carlton was basically a one-to-one ratio. 
and you know, right. they, he, you know, he was arguing they they're just bombing it in there, and you know, we're going to attack. It comes back. You know, it reminded me of the, uh, and I actually talked about this there. It reminded me that I think it's the football team in Arkansas, high school team that you know never punts and always you know onside kicks. It's right. kind of the it's kind of that mentality. We're going to try to bomb it inside fifty. We may not score. You may get it back out of there, but we're going to get it back from you again. We're going back in there again, and we may score this time. Right. Consistent pressure is what they're about. And, yes, exactly. Uh, there's really two basic philosophies of uh, the way to move the ball. One is handball, one's kick passing. And Frio is more of the kick passing team and pressure mm-hmm. game that wants to get the big marks, as you're talking about, and right. set up opportunities to score. Collingwood, up until this year, was really a handball team. They really, that's how they primarily move the football going up the, up the field. And that is, they're still a handball team, but you see the influences, I think, of, uh, I want to say it's Steve Cowens that came over from North Melbourne this year and uh, has really improved their kicking game. And I think, and that's why you're seeing Colin make such a leap this season. Uh, he was shut out of, he had to give up the head coaching job at uh, North Melbourne because of COVID mm-hmm. uh, restrictions. And right. so this year he became an assistant uh, with his friend over at Collinwood. Uh, and I think in your, their success that the Magpies have had this year, one of the reasons is, is because of what Gowans has brought to uh, the, uh, the Magpies uh, from North Melbourne and what he has done uh, really improving their, their scoring opportunities and uh, their their accuracy. And I think that's the key. And accuracy in this game is huge. If you can get six versus one, that it, yes. it just it just changes night and day what you what it'll look like on the scoreboard. I, I absolutely despise I don't hate a lot of things, but I you being a Browns fan, I despise the Ravens. I, I hate the Ravens. I respect the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. I don't like them, but I respect them because they've done things right for ever kind of jealous of them now that we're kind of figuring out okay we're kind of back to a little bit of a level playing field there but I've always hated the Ravens but if you want and I mentioned Ed Reed before but as, mm-hmm. if you want to watch somebody that's kind of playing like Ed Reed version of AFLW it's Kara Bowers from the, the Dockers who is just mm-hmm. tackling everybody I mean I, I'm just pulling up some of the stats on my other screen yeah. here she's she's averaging 13 tackles a game yeah I, it's just it's it's unbelievable it's double it's almost double the next two people in line Part of the game that uh, I think I, I won't say for you, but for me, that I've been learning more about is the defensive part of the game and uh, how to recognize where a player is uh, making moves and making plays mm-hmm. versus uh, being so offensive oriented. Maybe that's the American in us uh, always talking about the offense. And right, right. Uh, to me, the the biggest part of the game is how's your defense and how is how many balls you intercept and how many balls uh, that you can smother, and also how many uh, balls, as uh, you just mentioned, that are, uh, you know, that are prevented by tackling a, uh, a player. Yeah, they're turning the ball over to the, you know, to the, the opposition. Yeah, they're up at the top. They're team-wise, they're up at the top also with uh, 268 tackles a game they're averaging. Yeah, and that's... 68 that's, tackles a game. Yeah, that's phenomenal. That's, I mean, yeah. that's what you need to do in this sport, and... Taylor Harris is my favorite player to watch. Uh, three years ago, watching her literally jump on her opponent's backs, making the marks, uh, mm-hmm. leading them to a finals against. It was just a phenomenal experience. I mean, it was just she is one of the best athletes you're ever going to see. Uh, I don't know how much you know about her being. I know. A, I know uh, she's a boxer. Yes, yeah, she's a boxer. She's also like an MMA type kickboxer. Yeah. Heard last year she went undefeated in the in the off season as a kickboxers. Yeah. Uh, like I yeah, said, she is without a doubt, my, my favorite player to watch just because of, of what she stands for and how she plays. And it is a iconic picture that she had a few years ago with both her legs off the yes, ground after yeah. making the kick. Yeah. I tend to put, uh, you know, I teach, I teach high school and I'll, I'll put usually on the background on my computer every day, I'll put a, uh, a still image of, some event that's happened in an AFL and AFLW game. And I, and, you know, I, I had that, the one that they turned into the statue, I had that on my mm-hmm. background one day and the kids looked at me kind of strange and they thought, okay, you're being a little weird putting that picture on there. I was like, yeah, well, well, they turned it into a statue here. So 
you know, I had the uh, Liam Ryan's mark of the year from 2019 on there uh, actually yesterday. And the kids were like, how did he kick that guy in the head? I said, well, we get to the end of the period, I'll show it to you. So I, I pulled up the video of it and there it's interesting watching the kids get, because, you know, I'll, I'll have the game on, you know, I get, I'm in my classroom at six o'clock every morning and uh, you know, I'll, I'll put on a game, you know, if there's one on or I'll, you know, I'll be watching, uh, you know, 360 or AFL tonight or whatever in my room. And I'll, there'll be something AFL related on as they start trickling into the room at around eight o'clock in the morning. And they, they kind of get, some of the kids have gotten interested in it and they've gotten, yeah, I've brought a ball in and they've, you know, they've kind of handballed the ball around the room a couple of times, you know, not this year, not with the whole COVID thing, but in the past I've had them right. do that. Told them, I said, you know, the games are on free on the, on the women's AFL app right now. You can watch them right there on your computer for free this year. Yeah. So yeah, they've done that the last couple great. of years. Uh, I would love, and this is long-term and who knows if it will ever happen. If you can even find the facility to hold it, I would love to see, uh, maybe an exhibition game or the women's comp or even the men's uh, make a travel to the United States or North America and play. Well, there was supposed to be, you know, until COVID, they had planned this year in Los Angeles, Essendon and GWS were, were playing a game, a regular season game in Los Angeles this year, but I that got canceled that. due to COVID. Yeah, yeah. well, obviously. They were, supposed yeah. to be, they were supposed to be playing in Los Angeles this year. That's well, that's encouraging. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's where the expansion of the game can happen. Uh, I would like to see ESPN get back involved. I know it's well, on we, Fox Sports yeah. uh, Soccer, but I would rather see uh, an, a major outlet have it. You know, last season, uh, because of COVID, they picked it up late in the year. And it was it was great to have it on ESPN. Yeah. I hope you, that you maybe that can happen again. I think in terms of marketing the game here, and this is something I've had this discussion with a lot of American fans is that the thing, you know, the, and you've probably picked up on this watching, if you've watched any of the games on like FS1, FS2, the game ends. And if it ends early, they always put like a 20 minute clip of rugby with that stupid techno music being played, not, not explaining that there's a difference between the two games. And to me, if, you know, FS1, or FS2 or whoever's hosting it decided, you know what, we've showed the, the 2014, whatever, you know, poker championships for the 312th time. We're not going to throw it, show it 313 times. Instead, we're going to once a week have a one hour show of highlights and interviews of the previous week's footy games in prime time at like eight o'clock at night, something of that nature to just say, guess what? While you're sleeping, this is going on, and this is a pretty damn cool game. And you know what? We're, we're airing it at 3 o'clock in the morning or at midnight or whatever the case may be. We might be able to generate a little bit more ad revenue for ourselves if we could actually get some of you to even DVR it and watch it the next day. Well, yeah, it, it comes down to a combination of time commitment and uh, availabilities, an outlet that wants to promote the game, right? wants to be involved, uh, right. believes that it's profitable to I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon in America. I think it is a, a still a novelty game. However, it has grown in popularity. And a lot of it has to do uh, with COVID this past year. Ascension of Mason Cox getting publicity here in the United States about playing uh, footy for Collingwood. And hopefully another player will develop. I'm not sure that will ever happen again. Anytime they've cut off their United States recruiting uh in the last year however you just well with, with good possible. reason yeah with good reason right well, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a first and foremost they they got lucky finding a athlete who was willing to give it a try uh yeah well you, they've you had know, a few you do, others they've had a few you know, others over the years but they finally found one who was not necessarily the star athlete but an athlete who fit kind of the bills and someone believed in his skills enough that he can develop into a footy player. And that's basically where Mason Cox is. Well, you've got, you've got a second one also. And I, I'm assuming you know about Danny Marshall playing with the Bulldogs with the, with their women's team. Right. Right. Yeah. I've had, I've had Danny on the podcast and just one of the nicest people I've ever had a chance to talk to. Right. I, I want to say she's originally from Colorado. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, she played, she played uh, uh, soccer at uh, Colorado school of mines. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, th- I think she's from, I think she's from Utah, Utah? Or Arizona, Arizona, I think. Originally. Okay. Yeah. I I, remember. You know, I've, yeah. I've talked to her. I've talked to her dad online. I, I talked to her soccer coach from college um, before I did the interview. And, you know, it was a great story about how she and her, her husband, uh, how he proposed to her at the soccer field and such. It was just a really, really cool story, but she's just an absolute joy to talk to. It's, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity and hopefully it will continue to grow. Like I said, I love the game. It's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. I, I enjoy doing this on the podcast just to uh, talk about it. Obviously, we went a lot longer than I thought we would, well, um, but that's okay. If, if I can, you know, one last thing before, you know, before you wrap up, you know, I, people always ask me, well, what's the game like? And I, I the best way, the best way I can describe it, it and this is how I've, I've, I've told people about this for years. I said, to me, it's a combination of American football, soccer, rugby, cross country, volleyball, mixed martial arts and calculus <laughs> to me that that's what that's what the game is like because you know when you yeah. you know when you see there are so many it's it's and it is like the platypus game there are so many different components to this game you know I, and i i announce soccer but i'm not a soccer fan i i joke that it's a communist sport because they don't let you use all your body parts right right so. <laughs> i get it you know hey yeah. you know this is the bottom line when it comes about this game is you have to experience it meaning through your television and have an open yep. mind Yep. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to get it right away. There's just right. no way there's, there's, there's more intrigue to this game that I know. And I'm still learning and I'm still enjoying. There's definitely, I, like I said, and we're not experiencing it the way that it needs to be experienced live uh, right. at, at someday, one of these. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully that's the way I look at it. Hopefully someday myself, but I'll probably never in my, other than maybe a local team, but uh, to see the field, that large and to see 18 players on each side play and 22 you know, players coming in and go right going and uh, watching the runners come onto the field to talk to the players. It is a totally different atmosphere than any other sport you're ever going to see. Like I said, I was a young kid. I seen this and they, I was watching ESPN's uh, sports center, how they used to do highlights many years ago before yep. every game was on TV. And you always stayed around to watch the Indians or the Cavs or whoever they were profiling, you know, uh, for their game. And then Bob Lee came on one day and said, now stay tuned for Australian rules football. And I said, mm-hmm. what the hell's that? And I'm off. I'm about a half hour away from my uh, bus picking me up as a kid. And yeah. sure enough, I'm watching this eyes bugged out and my jaw hitting the ground as watching them dribble a football on the yeah. field, catching it right. and running it and kicking it. And uh, someone jumping on someone's back, making a catch uh, on the ball. And until you uh, see it uh, done on a consistent basis and watching the different atmospheres and different needs of of a team and how they handle situations, it's just a unique game. It's very Australian, obviously. Yes. Uh, So uh, the rest of the world is still learning about it. United States and, has and all, had it and, for the last and, 50 years, but we don't know much about it. And and all we can do, all we can do is try to spread the word and, you know, bring somebody along, you know, one person at a time. I've, I've converted, I've, I've developed a couple of, of fans of the game where I work. The principal at the school where I work is an Essendon supporter now. He, you know, he's, he had the Fox soccer plus thing already. He, he got the, uh, the watch AFL app. He got the international membership this year. His, right. he and he's, he's got a couple sons who are, I think that, I don't think they might, they might be around 10 years old. The three of them sit down and watch games together. His kids love the game. Yeah. His kids, his kids are going to grow up watching this. So it's, it's, it's fascinating to see that, you know, I've, uh, you know, my wife hasn't watched a second of the game ever, you know, it just doesn't interest her. Yeah. You know, I, I even sent her uh, links to websites, you know, where they had the, the pictures of the players out training at the beach where they're in their speedos and such. And I'm thinking, you know what, that's how you picked your, that's how you chose to be Grady Sizemore fan by the way he looked. Maybe this will help you get you interested in watching the games as well. Didn't work. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it rains, you know, exactly. Um, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you, hey, Craig, I really enjoyed our conversation. I wish you the Thank best you. with your podcast. Thanks. A Yank on the footy. Uh, yep. Check it out anywhere you download podcasts. Yep. Uh, I had a chance to listen to your last episode. It was quite entertaining. Wish you the best. Thanks. And uh, we'll uh, contact you, can, you down the line and, and see what we can do. 
You can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with me. And it's on every podcast hosting site out there. I actually got it on one that is exclusively in India. I just got it uploaded on there uh, about two weeks ago. So hoping those Indian uh, downloads will start rolling in here soon. <laughs> there you go. Hey, and Tim, I appreciate is, you letting me come on, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. That's Craig Wessel from a Yank on the Footy podcast. In All Sandusky, right, Ohio. From, yes, a, a, fellow, a fellow Ohioan. You can't yep. be more happier than that. I could have just stayed out in the backyard and hollered and you could have heard me just fine. Yeah, almost. <laughs> you just got to get on top of the... Uh, one yeah. of the roller coasters. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm about a half a mile from the entrance to the park. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> All right, Craig. Hey, thanks again for coming on. You bet. We will talk Thank you. to you soon. All righty. Thanks a bunch. Uh-huh. My thanks to Craig for coming on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we're going to have more guests. I guarantee you I'll have uh, Gemma Bastiani on here shortly, hopefully within the next week or two uh, to uh, get her impressions of uh, what has transpired in the first five weeks of the uh, four or five weeks of the AFLW and uh, hopefully give us an idea about what teams to watch for in the finals. The top six teams make it uh, as uh, the top four teams will play in the first round. Top two teams will get a bye and uh, we have the, uh, the three week playoff. So we'll, we'll see what happens as they call it the finals in Australian rules football. And the grand final is the Super Bowl, basically. So it uh, should be a lot of fun, Anthony. I can't wait to see it. I hope uh, if you had a chance, you want to check out Craig's podcast. Once again, that is a Yank on the Footy podcast. And there's some other great footy podcasts out there. Just do an internet search. I'm sure you'll find it and find some enjoyment like I have. Uh, go Magpies. 4-0, and o, baby. 4-0. and o. <laughs> Well, let's... Uh... Let's hope uh, some of their winning ways rub off on some of your other teams to finish out your favorite month of the year. Their uh, football success uh, can uh, transpire to your struggling Reds. And do they play offense down there in Australia? Can they give some of our guys some tips? <laughs> you know, we have a punter now, so. There we go. There we Why go. is you, right? Yeah. He's hey, from Australia. Hey, the fun's the most important play in football, isn't it? I tell you what, he had actually a pretty good game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I thought he, uh, you know, not getting off such, but I thought he punted the ball pretty well. Um, I think he's probably going to be your starting punter going forward. So, yeah, he was a he was a bright spot as the, the punt is the most important play in football. As we've learned many times over and over. All right. But six is still greater than three. It is. And in Aussie football, Six is greater than one. That's right. All right. For Anthony and Canfield, I am Tim here in Portland. Wish you all a wonderful good evening. My thanks again to Craig Wessel for coming on. We will talk to you next time right here on Radio MVP. Remember, tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP for it continue to grow. Give us a rating and review anywhere you have that on in your podcast downloads. Once again, for Anthony, I am Tim. Have a great evening, everyone.